Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, church, for laying hold of the promises of God. our fellow members. Now, Father, we ask you to bless your holy and mighty word, that that word which is inspired and protected by the Spirit of God himself will be released, that you would give your servant utterance and anointing energy from you, and that your word would go forth and do what you've accomplished, send it out to accomplish today, in Jesus' name. All the people said, Amen and Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about reclaiming your mountains. I've interrupted our series on wisdom last week in our power of the resurrection message, and today we're talking about reclaiming your mountains. You know, I wonder how many of you could identify with this statement. There was a time in the past when God moved freshly in your heart. And you were believing and standing for certain things. They seem to be mountains in the natural realm and impossible apart from a miracle of God. But there was a fresh expectancy. But as time went by and as circumstances, some very, very painful, some confusing, life ran over you. If you live long enough, that's probably going to happen. And for whatever reason, that mountain that you thought would be moved is still there. There's a powerful, powerful man in the Holy Scriptures, one of my very, very favorite. And I love his name. His name is Caleb. So many have used Caleb as namesakes these days and for good reason. The word Caleb in, in the Hebrew language is a compound name and it has to do with faithfulness. It has to do with loyalty. It, it has to do with perseverance. If you were giving it a, a term today that all of us would understand, the name Caleb means all in. All in. Church, it's time for all of us who believe and follow Jesus to quit playing around and be all in. All in. The Caleb spirit, God grant that the Caleb spirit would be released to all of us in the name of Jesus. This man, if you read in Numbers 13 and 14, and you don't need to go there today, I'll summarize it for you. On the verge of the promised land, when God had done signs and wonders and miraculous works to release his people after being in Egypt for 400 years, over 430 years, and God moved mightily in just the course of a few days. By the way, some of you have been believing God and you've waited a long time. God can change everything by sundown. God miraculously moved. Mightily did he move. And he delivered his children through Moses. He delivered his children out of the land of Egypt and they were wandering toward 
the Red Sea, and he miraculously opened the Red Sea, and they, they moved mightily through that land. And now they were just a few days on their way to what God had promised our spiritual father, Abraham, to give them forever a land that flows with milk and honey, the land of God's highest and best. And there went out 12 spies, one for each tribe of Israel. Scholars tell us that there were somewhere between 2 and 4 million that were alive in those days that had been brought out of the land of Egypt. And one leader from every tribe, 12 of them, went out to spy out this marvelous land that God had promised. Only one problem. Enemies had encamped in what belonged to God's people. Can I ask you something? Who has stolen your joy? Who's robbed your peace? What circumstance of life has kept you from experiencing God's highest and best? Ten of those spies came back and said, it is an incredibly wonderful land. Oh, that we could get it. But we saw Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Perizzites, Hitt and Canaanites. Say that real quick with me. <laughs> In other words, we can't have it. There are too many obstacles. Two men spoke up. One was Joshua. Joshua was God's appointed leader. He was, <laughs> this was a joke. He was the captain of the army. What kind of army do you think if you've been slaves for 430 years had been developed? But then there was a man named Caleb. And the Bible tells us in Numbers 13 and 14, and let me just read this for you. This is, this is amazing that Caleb spoke up. He saw the same thing with his physical eyes. And this is what Caleb said. We should by all means go up at once. For we are well able, more than able to overcome it. But the majority led the people into unbelief and fear, saying, oh, there's giants over there. We can never do this. We, we don't have what it takes. And then in pain, here's what Caleb and Joshua said. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes in agony and repentance. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel and said, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey prosperous, mighty land. Only do not rebel against the Lord or fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Being translated, they're toast. Their protection has been departed from them. The Lord is with us. And then one of the saddest verses in all the Bible, God tells it like it is. Verse 10, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. We don't want to hear any more of that faith declaration. 
there is a whole culture today that's trying to stifle the voice of faith. Even voices in the so-called church that would stifle the voices of faith. You can't have that. You can't have that. You can't do that. The consequences were dear, God said, because you have done this. Because you have done this, none of you will see except your young ones under the age of accountability, the children, my servant Joshua and Caleb, they shall see the land, but none of the rest of you unbelievers will. After miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after the leadership of an anointed man like Moses, they still chose to disbelieve. In fact, they said, let's go on back to where we were. Let's return to Egypt. Can I ask you something? This pandemic has shown something about all of us. Have you gotten out of spiritual discipline have you gotten to that point to where you have drifted back and you just soon go on back to what's most comfortable for you? That's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. To go on into God's highest and best, you've got to rise up and claim that mountain. You've got to begin to say, God, you are the same. It's me that walked away. It is a dangerous thing. Listen to me, and I know many of you are listening on, on, uh, online today and will throughout the week. It's a dangerous thing to drift away from the living God. It's a dangerous thing to lose your heart and passion and your spiritual discipline. It's a dangerous thing. It's time that we become like Caleb and get all in. Here's what God said about Caleb. My servant Caleb has a different spirit in him. He has followed me fully, and I will bring him into the land where he went. Wherever he stepped, he shall have. My, my, what a promise. What a promise. Skip in your mind, if you will, <laughs> 40 years. 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb, their leadership, the old generation of unbelievers had died out. Those who had chosen to believe and the young ones coming up were about to step foot into the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. They were beginning to see mighty, mighty victories. In fact, Jericho and the walls fell as they believed and obeyed and worshiped the Lord. They were taking possession of the land that God had promised Abraham many, many years ago. And I am in Joshua chapter 14. Would you take a look at that? Joshua chapter 14. And Caleb the son of Jephunneh said, by the way, this occasion was the distribution of the land of Canaan. It had been conquered for the most part, and they were dividing it up among the 12 tribes. Only Joshua and Caleb survived from the old generation. The others had died in their unbelief. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, verse 6, said, 
You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me, Joshua, in Kadesh Barnea. Watch this. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and brought back word to you as it was in my heart. Remember what I just read to you? He said, let's go get it. It's ours. God has removed their protection from us. Nevertheless, my brethren rebelled. But I wholly followed the Lord my God, and Moses made me a promise on that day. Has God made you a promise? Forty years back, he's remembering the promise God made through Moses. Don't forget the promises God made you. You may not understand, and you may not get the delays, but don't forget. Moses swore in that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now watch this powerful verse, verse 10. Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years since the Lord spoke the word to Moses that I was going to inherit this land. So here I am this day, 85 years old. Did you get that? Here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet, verse 11, I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. My strength, just like my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Has that been lost on you? He wasn't asking for a fertile plain that was already planted and growing. He said, I want the mountain that I spied out 40 years ago. And I, I, I want, 45 years ago, and I want that mountain. I have not ever given up my desire for what God said I could have. My, my. Notice why he said he wanted that mountain. Verse 12, this is incredible. I want this mountain because you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. The Anakim were a generation, a genetic, a whole generation of giants. You remember Goliath of Gath? He was a son of Anak, one of the Anakim. And Joshua, verse 13, blessed him. Remember, he went to spiritual leadership and asked for that blessing. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Reclaiming a mountain that had been promised. He had a different spirit in him. So what's the key here? He reconnected with an earlier calling and an assignment from the Lord. I wonder today if there are those who received an assignment or an earlier calling from God that just got put on the back, back burner on the shelf that maybe you need to reconnect with. We know for sure that the way to do that is we have to realign ourselves with the person and presence of God. Reorder our priorities. Listen, your priority and my priority as born again sons and daughters of God is not to get through a day not to make it through a pandemic. It is to worship our God and to, and to seek Him with all of our heart. 
not to be moved by all the nonsense and hatred and inability to fix things. The kingdom of God is the only answer. The love of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the righteousness of God. And in these dark days, the church has a wonderful opportunity to be the church. There's one thing all of us ought to always agree with, and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're to operate in the principles of the kingdom of God. That means reordering our priorities, connecting with our assignment. But whatever that assignment is, whether it's mothering, fathering, grandparenting, running a business, running a practice, whatever it is, to, reass- to realign ourselves with that assignment, recognizing the difference between stewardship and ownership. God didn't call you to fix anything. God didn't call you to make everything right. God called you to love Him and walk in day-to-day obedience to Him. You don't have to figure it out. You can't if you tried. Your calling is to submit yourselves right where you are. Pastor, I don't understand what's happened to me. I don't get it. Why am I like this? You're in a great place right where you are to re-identify and recommit yourself to your Lord. He hasn't forgotten where you are. Why do you keep saying it's the end of the book when it may be just the middle? Caleb laid into his assignment at 85, we need to realign our thoughts and words and actions. I want you to, you remember what I read to you out of Numbers 13 and 14? When everybody else was saying, we can't, we can't, we can't, it's impossible, we can't do it. Caleb said, their protection has been removed for us, from them. Let's go. How do you talk these days? Do you speak words of faith and encouragement or are you just speaking whatever the culture says is going on? If you do, you'll just be a victim, not an overcomer. What are you saying to yourself? I love what Caleb said. I, here I am this day, 85 years old, give me my mountain. You can connect with God's supernatural energy through the Holy Spirit. You don't do this on your own. And the Holy Spirit has unlimited source of energy. Resurrection energy. Speak to yourself the truth. Recognizing that it's the Lord's power that will give you the right to, and the power to take the next right step. Jesus said, 
Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast to the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says takes place, he will have whatever he says. What you believe and what you say are indelibly intertwined. Well, we see from this passage some mighty and powerful things. And today we have a wonderful opportunity as a church to recognize some things that the Lord has done. You see, God makes choices. Not you and I, God makes choices. And we are to identify the choices God's making. God said through the, pro- the prophet Samuel, when he was about to anoint David, a little shepherd boy, he said, don't choose those over there that look the part. The eyes of the Lord are on the heart, not on the outward appearance. So regardless of what you think is your excuse for not stepping into your assignment these days, it doesn't lie. The Lord makes choices. He provides the power. One thing that you know has always been a wonderful thing, you know that for so many years, My ministry was in the marketplace, and it still is through the extensions of you. Because you see, now I get it. Ephesians 4 says that people like me who are called out and have accepted office gifting of the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, to the building up, the edifying, the encouraging of the body of Christ. My job is to equip you, to intercede for you, to encourage you through the word of God and prayer to minister where you are. The ministry is not here, it's there. It's where you are. We're not trying to build some mega organization. We want you to take your ministry where you go. The ministry is in the marketplace. God loves the marketplace. Oh, my. He chose a man named Abraham whose spiritual genetics would be part of us as born-again believers in Christ Jesus. If you don't believe that, read Galatians 3. He was a businessman. He didn't have any theological training. But he became the most powerful figure in God's choice. Abraham was 75 years old when he received his, his ministry from the Lord. He made some mistakes. He tried to do it his way. And at 87, he'd really made a mistake. But God didn't give up on him. He reconnected with the Lord's power and His promise, and at 99, he saw the promise that God supernaturally gave him for Isaac. Moses looked on as the greatest man of the Old Testament. Moses was 80 years old when he received his calling in the land of Midian. We just saw that Caleb entered into his assignment at 85. 
David was not a priest. He was a shepherd and a king. Jesus worked in the family business for 30 years and only ministered three. He worked with his dad, Joseph, the carpenter, the family business. God loves the marketplace. Every person in, that Jesus called as disciples, not one of them was a religious professional. Every one of them lived and worked in the marketplace. Professional fishermen, government workers like Matthew. Paul, whom God used to write 12 or 13 books of the New Testament, Paul was a tent maker by trade. And that was a big deal. That was a trade that was highly respected and needed in the culture in which he lived. What I'm trying to tell you is this, the marketplace is the greatest field of ministry there is. And as long as I live and breathe, I will be a pastor to the marketplace through you. God's timing is perfect. It's harvest time. For Abraham, it was almost 100. For Moses, it was in his 80s, and Caleb as well. But I want you to know God is making choices today in this congregation. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.